Alright guys, welcome back to the Egg Tour Podcast. Uh, I'm Victor, and I'm joined by Ethan today. What's up? And today we're going to be talking about the Nolan Batman trilogy. This is the one directed in like the later 2000s. Um, this includes was... Batman oh. Begins. I don't know the years. Yeah, it was 08, uh, 2010, 2012, I think. It sounds about right. Yeah, let me check. But um, includes Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Um, before we start this episode, though, I just want to let you guys know for October, we're going to be getting in the fall spirit and doing horror movies. It's going to be a lot of horror movies this month. Um, our first main episode is going to be about classics. So this includes like Jason, Michael Myers, um jeepers creepers the guy from that movie and a bunch of others so if you want to listen along and you want to create some thoughts of your own you should go and watch those movies and then yeah we have some spider-man content planned for when no way home comes out and yeah that's our month of october just to let you guys know so if you hate halloween <clears throat> then don't listen for the next month but, or just stream it and just listen, play it in the background and don't have the audio on. Yeah, get us those hits up and just turn the volume all the way down. Yeah, for real. But um, um I, I'll go ahead. Oh, I I was just gonna say I had the dates completely off for the Batman these Batman movies. Begins came out in '05. Okay. The Dark Knight came out in '08, and then Dark Knight Rises was 2012. Okay. Damn. So they really had four years in between the. Second and third. Yeah, because that was after his ledger tragically passed. Yeah. So that no one had to come up with a new script. But anyways. Well, so let's get started. Right on. So I'll I'll start with my opinions on uh, Batman Begins. Um, I like this one. I like them all. I think they're very well. They're really good movies. I was looking at the run times on these because I watched The Dark Knight and I watched Batman Begins again today. Um, and these are all like movies. These are all, you know, two hour. Dark Knight is two and a half hours. These are all, like, you sit down and you watch this movie. It's, uh, but they're good. It's nothing wrong with a movie that runs like two and a half hours, three hours, as long as it's good. As long as it keeps you engaged throughout the movie. And I feel like the runtime doesn't really matter to me. That's me personally. Um, yeah, I'd agree. Like, runtime, as long as the story is told in a good fashion, runtime does not exist. Yeah. Um, so, for Batman Begins, I thought this was a pretty good origin story. Um, I really like Christian Bale as Batman. Um, we'll get into favorite Batmans in a bit. But I just want to say Christian Bale is obviously my favorite Batman. Um, I do like the Ben Affleck one, though. I really like the Ben Affleck one. But I think Christian Bale just just knocks it out of the park. Because um, he, does, he does a good Bruce Wayne, and he does a really good Batman. I feel like he does the key. Threads the needle, but plays both sides. I guess threading the needle isn't really a good way to say it, but he plays both sides like perfectly well. Like I could see him as the douchebag billionaire, and I could also see him as the crime-fighting crusader. But 
I guess I'd have to somewhat agree with that. Anyways. This guy is Mr. Controversy over here. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps keeps everybody on their toes, man. Yeah, it'd be... It'd be a lot worse if you just agreed with everything I said, because then we'd have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, one thing I did have as kind of like a gripe in this movie is like Rachel Ghoul in the comics and in like Batman in general. He's this big like Lazarus Pit user, and they they kind of touch on that in this movie, but Rache is kind of just like a hired merc in this. Um. And I get that they probably didn't want to dive too deep into it, but there's like no mention of the, there's no specific or explicit mention of the Lazarus Pit. Um, there's just like a quip at the end of the movie is like, "Oh, is Rache immortal or is this some supernatural way of coming back to life?" Something like that. And right. It's, that's it. That's all you get about Rache. Um, well, with Rache too, I, I don't want to like impede, but. Rachel Ghoul is like this big bad like he's a combatant in uh what what's that place called again that he's from? I League forget. of Shadows? Yeah, or... the League of Shadows and then what um I forget his like place of origin but like Oh their homeland or whatever. Yeah. Um it just I don't know, it just feels weird. First of all, okay, anyways, I don't wanna cut you off. I'll let you go. <laughs> um I can try and figure it out, but I'll look while you're while you continue. Borsad, or is that just no? It's just a character. Um, but yeah, and then there's like a line at the end. <clears throat> so if you don't, just to kind of explain this really quick, Bruce goes to Nepal or wherever they train uh, with the League of Shadows, and they want him to execute this one prisoner who had killed his neighbor and this is where his whole rule comes in of no killing he always said he's not the executioner he's just gonna deliver justice which like you know whatever that's a whole nother topic of batman's no killing rule but so he decides he doesn't want to kill and so Raish tells him when he doesn't know it's Raish yet is um he's like there's no turning back so he ends up Flipping this iron into, like, the scaffolds was ends up igniting this whole shack up. And so, Raish, who he doesn't know is Raish yet, he saves him and he, like, literally, like, dislocates his shoulder by hanging him off a cliff, saving his life. And then he brings him up, he drops him off at this, like, village lady. And then he goes back to Gotham. At the end of the movie, Raish comes in and he's like, you blew up my home and left me for dead. And it's... It's just like, dude, what are you talking about? He saved you from dangling off a cliff. Yeah, he could have let you slide down a mountain and die. But he puts you in a nice little comfy bed. Exactly. Like, it just seems so... (laughs) Rachel Ghoul is out of pocket for that. But, uh... No, yeah, and then that that was the only thing I wish they could have... Touched on his backstory more. Um, Right. But... And then the last thing I have to say about Batman Begins is... It is the best batman voice of all three movies in my opinion because the voice he gets in the dark knight dark knight rises gets kind of almost comically bad well because isn't he it's just the growl the bat growl he does right the whole i i feel like it doesn't change for me personally no in the first one in batman begins it's kind of just like so if this is me talking now he kind of just 
goes he pitches it down a lot but he doesn't really growl he's like all right i'm here to save you and then like dark knight and dark knight rises he's like what are you talking about oh i'm batman that's how it goes so it it gets comically bad in the dark knight and the dark knight rises but i think this is the best one um and yeah that's all my opinions about batman begins good way to start the trilogy by the way it's really yeah I, i really like this one um so okay i wanted to pick up on that rachel ghoul note rachel ghoul according to the dc fandom wiki so this is a credible source for comics um was born over 600 years ago to a tribe of nomads in a desert somewhere in arabia near a city whose inhabitants ancestors have journeyed to the arabian peninsula from china so take that information with what you will um, I will expand on that. I don't want to start on a bad note with these movies, though. I'm going to say what I actually liked with these movies. Um, I liked that they took Batman on a more grounded take. Like, they took away the fantastical elements of Batman, like the the whole aspect of Superman being around, um, Mr. Freeze. Like, because after the poor reception of Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, and so on with Clooney, Kilmer. Yeah, Clooney and Kilmer. Um, Warner Brothers took him in a more serious route. And I think they did fine with it. It just got a little bit much. But in in the real world, it makes sense that a billionaire would use a bunch of old, like, um, military equipment like the the tumbler was a military tank that just didn't get green light right is that that was yeah it's right? like one of the the aspect of it was to create a bridge but the bridge never worked but the tumbler did yeah right um i also did speaking of that uh lucius fox i think was a great implementation of a new character into batman lore um, because Batman didn't have, like, Batman just kind of did it all by himself, Bruce did, in the comics, and, um, with Bruce having somebody at Wayne Enterprises, like Lucius Fox, um, I thought it was great, it, it establishes a great relationship with him, it's another person he can, um, go to for advice outside of just Alfred, and I thought that was great. Um, Michael Caine's Alfred, I think, is un- untouchable, and I love oh, yeah like irons after irons um alfred but michael Caine's alfred is that's his i think he does a fantastic job as alfred and he's very hard to beat um what else what else do i enjoy these movies um i like how they look i like the growth bruce does as batman outside of a few things um yeah, his his growth into learning what it is to be Batman and what it means to be the symbol of Gotham was very, I think, very well put together. A good reimagining of what these um, what this character means because there was um, the Adam West Batman in the '60s with for the TV show. There was the obviously the uh, Keaton Cooney and Kilmer trio. Um, but yeah, they all. I think this was a great way to reintroduce a modern era Batman into the what what he would be in the real world yeah yeah i had a couple talking points when i was watching the movie i forgot to write them down i forgot them but scarecrow is a villain um pretty good i i like uh what's his name the oh actor. uh Cillian murphy Cillian murphy, murphy does he does a great job in whatever he acts in but especially oh, as yeah. dr crane and this oh my god um 
he plays in actually all three because he's in the beginning of Dark Knight and then he comes back in Dark Knight Rises. He's not really like a villain in the other ones. He's just kind of like there. There. Um, he does play a substantial role in Dark Knight Rises, but yeah, he he I... plays the, the the great job of this like frail doctor mm. who's you know like when I. I can't think of any other words. So when I say quirky, don't take it as what it is today. <laughs> take it as in like an actually like a good kind of quirky doctor who seems like he's going to go off his rocker, but he hides behind right. this scarecrow persona. And yeah. I think he does a really good job at that. I agree. I think I think um his scarecrow was awesome. Um he made a more he made scarecrow a mainstream villain like after I think Nolan's impact on the Batman lore was is very prevalent today, for better or worse. Whether like it like if you like the movies or dislike, or have a neutral opinion, his his impact on the characters today is still very much around. Especially especially Scarecrow, I think he changed Scarecrow's um, like people's perception of him. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so that's just my my ending for Batman Begins. Ethan, is there anything you'd like to say more about Batman Begins? I'd actually want to talk about the beef I have with this movie. Okay. Um, for one, Rachel Ghoul, as I mentioned, he he's from like Asian countries. He's definitely not a white man. I love Liam Neeson, but damn, him being Rachel Ghoul kind of sits weird with me now. I mean, when I was like eight when it came out, obviously I don't care, but now it just feels weird. Yeah. Um. Another thing I had beef with was how you said, like, Bruce establishes the no-kill rule. But at the end, the train scene, where him and Batman and Bruce are fighting on the train, Bruce is like, yeah, I don't have to, um, I don't kill people, but I don't have to save you either. And he just literally, like, flies away. Like, the train cuts in half and he flies away and just lets him die. Like, I I get what you're saying. I get what he's saying. But yeah. it's still wrong. You're still killing him, dude. Like, it doesn't make you any different. <laughs> I guess, yeah, because he did kind of jam the train forward and he knew the plan. I totally yeah. get that, but that's still a badass scene, man. I mean, it's cool, but a lot of people that, not like you specifically, but like people that love these movies and hate Affleck's Batman, they're like, well, Bale's Batman doesn't kill them. I'm like, bro, he literally like kills... um uh Reese Al Ghul and then somebody else in another movie but it's like bro it, it's part of the character to show how flawed he is in terms of these movies yeah. I beef with that That that's one thing that I didn't like um I don't like the bat growl whether it's this movie or the other ones not a fan of that I hate his combat style his combat style is so bad in the Nolan movies bro what do you Granted, mean Bro, he looks so goofy. What do you mean? What do I mean? Because he's a Dark- combat martial artist, man. He's got to be swinging it- his arms and his elbows like that. Do you see how slow he moves? Do yeah. you see how slow he moves? It's bad. It's bad, in my opinion. I get it's the just not good. of it, but... I don't know. It's so clunky. He doesn't move fast. Like, um... Like, I, like I love... Okay, I love... Nolan's Batman movies when they came out for the longest time. I love them. But once I saw Affleck's Batman and what he did, I was like, dude, Christian Bale's nothing, man. Affleck's Batman is for all the way, dude. Um, but yeah, but granted, Nolan doesn't really like to um uh 
make great fight scenes. You can see that in Inception um, and other movies he's done. I'm blanking on his other movies, but what I've seen, his fight scenes have always been lackluster, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's more to be desired out of the combat, but who knows? I always still get enjoyment during them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on your parade on that, but no, I no, just, no, yeah. just not like after reading Batman comics as a kid, playing the games, and then seeing Affleck's Batman, like going back to it now, it just feels so weird. Like watching how slow he moves. The scene that sticks out is in The Dark Knight Rises, but we can talk about that once we get there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've touched enough on Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, now we're going to be talking about The Dark Knight, and I'll let Ethan talk about this one, and then I'll give my thoughts on it after. Gotcha. Um, there's nothing... I have very minimal flaws for this movie. Um... I think this movie is, in fact, one of the greats in terms of superhero movies. Um, Bale, Bale's still Bale as Batman. His new suit looks a little different to me, I think. Oh, well. Yeah, he changes the suit in this one later on. I think it looks a little weird, but it's fine yeah. overall. Um, his Batman is still Batman. Nothing really changes there. Um this was the introduction of Joker and Two-Face, right? Yep. And then Scarecrow shows up for a bit, like you said. Yeah. Obviously, Heath Ledger's Joker was great. He was phenomenal. Um, R.I.P. a legend. For real, though. For real. Um, but Ledger's Joker is just untouchable. I, I think um, any Joker, regardless like of now, like Leto's Joker, Joaquin's Joker, um, they... Like, I love both of the, like, the newer interpretations, Joaquin and Leto. I love them both. They're obviously not going to touch Leto, or Ledger's, but um, they're all different interpretations of the Joker, and I think that's what's great. Anyways, um, the pacing of this movie is really good. It gets a little long sometimes, but I think it's great overall. I hate, I hate um, Rachel Dawes. I I forgot to mention that. I don't like her. I think she's a waste of a character. They could have use somebody entirely different but they created a new original character and i think she's just done bad she's just there for plot pretty much she doesn't really provide anything in my opinion um yeah i've got a talking point about her yeah um i think the detective vision that we see in the final scene was great um when he was trying to hunt down the joker Mm -hmm. i love seeing batman put into turmoil with the police i think it's great i I will never get sick of that plot point where Batman is at odds with the police because that's what his character is. Is He threads that fine line of what political justice, I think that's the right word, right way to say it, but like, like proper justice, like going by the book, but also taking it to the next step and where the police can't go. I think that's, I love that about his character. And I think they do a great job with that in this one. Um, the action is stepped up in this, whether it's like a chase scene in Chicago where they're doing that trail, that truck scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where, like, like I said, the final scene with the um, where Batman's using that detective mode. I think the tension is very high throughout the whole movie too, and I think that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a little rusty on the details there. I can probably bounce some off of you, but overall, I think it's great. I have some beef with it but i'll let you go and we can talk about our the flaws we have together yeah um just to go to that police point 
I do feel like they did a good job with it because in the beginning, or at the end of Batman Begins, in the beginning of this one, it kind of seems like the cops are almost getting too lenient. Like, no, I don't want to say too lenient, but they just don't seem to be fighting against yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but they really kind of... It, it tends to slip your mind the first couple times you watch this. Um, but if you know mm. Batman as a character, Batman's probably my favorite comic book, my favorite superhero of all time. And uh, that's, like, the point. Is The point is he's supposed to be fighting... Not actually fighting, but when all three groups are here, the criminals, Batman, and the police, he's not on anybody's side. You know, there's yeah. the cops are still trying to get him, but they're also still trying to get the criminals, so he has to, like, you know, just fight them both, which is... Yeah. Uh, can be a lot to juggle, and they did it really good in this one. Um, oh, the yeah. scene you're talking about, though, is when the Joker has a bunch of hostages, and he disguises them as like, mercenaries or goons. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the cops are trying to, like, kill them. Mm -hmm. And so he's got to, like, save all the hostages while also fighting the police while also trying to get to the Joker. Um, but then there's a twist where they find out that the hostages are actually the bad guys and the bad guys are the hostages. Like, they switched places yeah. to throw the cops and Batman for a loop. That's the Joker's mindset. Yeah, and Batman figures this out, like, two minutes before the SWAT busts in. Um, yeah, really good because it's actually Gordon who gives the the command the where he's like, yeah. "You have two minutes to figure this shit out because I'm sending my guys in there." So it kind of just seems like it's like a really good way of like bringing it all back and being like, "Okay, look, you're still helping us, but I have my job to do, and at the end yeah. of the day, I need to save these people, which who he doesn't know are disguised as the bad guys, and the hostages are disguised or the bad guys are disguised as the hostages." and right. all that um i think this villain the joker in this but heath ledger is one of the best villains of all time oh yeah i'd agree um easily it's it's a great representation of how you do a bad guy that's not just physical um because mm -hmm. there's a lot of like representations of it in these movies to where the villain just... is supposed to be a very uh cranial villain as well yeah. and then they end up just turning him to like a punching bag yeah like a boxing opponent or something like that and uh that point i wanted to talk about with rachel dawes is this movie is committed to spoilers by the way for the next minute and a half probably this movie is killing, committed to k killing a character, and they picked the perfect character to do so. Yeah, I, I don't like Rachel I Dawes. So <laughs> um, she's I don't like her at all. She's bearable in the first one because she actually provides, you know, some kind of. She's a DA. She's like a district yeah. attorney, and there's no Harvey Dent at this point, <laughs> so she's like an actual like. Okay, she's a good. She's part of the system that isn't broken. You know, she's actually trying these mob bosses, not taking bribes. Mm. And so she's actually good in the first one. Um, and then in the second one, I don't know if it's just Maggie Gyllenhaal or somebody Gyllenhaal. who forgot to keep writing her as like an interesting character. But she kind of just falls off the DA's list. Um, she's not really useful other than to be like, 
Christian Bale's or Bruce Wayne's like love interest, who she's also or interested. Harvey Dent. Yeah, she's also interested in Harvey Dent too. Um, uh, I wanted to say on that, like I, I saw a video the other day where they were like, "Yeah, pretty much all Rachel does does in the Dark Knight is well, I'm a DA, so I can make a phone call, or I'm a DA, so I can talk to Harvey Dent directly." Like it's just it's just throwing in the face that she's a DA. And that's all they use her for until that she's dead. Until she's yeah. literally like burnt to a crisp. Yeah, and then which is know, unfortunate. It is unfortunate for Rachel Dawes. Um, it's yeah. probably not that unfortunate for Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, she collected uh, her bag and got out. <laughs> yeah, but whoever the actress was in the first one, I think she did a good job. And then oh yeah, Maggie Katie Gyllenhaal. Holmes. Like I'm not shitting on her performance, um, but it's just she just seems like. When they switched the actress, it seems they switched the character as well, but they kept yeah. the same name. So it's yeah. kind of just love interest slash damsel in distress, and then it's a new yeah. actress. Um, and yeah, they 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 kill her in the end. I like that twist where, of course, the Joker lies about which person's at which building. So Batman goes to save her, and he in turn saves Harvey Dent because he switch the buildings yeah and then that oh sorry i, I keep cutting you off go ahead no 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 go ahead that was just about it oh i was just gonna say because you brought up like the the where he talks about this the the houses but that interrogation scene was like it, it's obviously used in a lot of media now when we're talking about batman and joker but like that interrogation scene was probably one of the best forms of joker breaking the psyche of batman Oh yeah, and and the, and what's great is that this Batman is still technically in his year one because the trilogy itself is about a year, year and a half of Batman, right? Like his yeah. timeline is a year and a half. Yeah. So this Batman is still fresh, like he's new, but this Joker is experienced. Like he knows how to psychologically break down a person, and it shows. It shows that this Batman does not know what he's doing in terms of this kind of with this type of villain. Like he's not accustomed to it at all, and it's great seeing this. I think at least. Yeah, no, he. Um, I I like that scene so well because he's just like, you can hit me all you want. I'm not gonna tell him, tell you where. Oh yeah. At. Um, but no, yeah, and that. That and that one scene where he's Joker's like standing in the road and Batman's driving at him on the bike and he's oh, like yeah. screaming hit me. I feel like mm. that's another scene where he kind of breaks his psyche a little bit. Yeah. I, I think with the interrogation scene more so though Joker just is like I have nothing to lose. You either beat the shit out of me in front of all of the cops or you beat the shit out and then like Rachel dies or like what happens next like you think i'm gonna tell you kind of thing like he just throws him a bluff every time and it's really really great to see yeah he's like you play my game or you beat the shit out of me and i'm not gonna tell you yeah um yeah uh, what, another good thing in this movie that i wanted to say was the gordon the gordon batman relationship i think that all three movies play a real do a really good job in that um yeah. harvey aaron eckert's two-face i thought was really compelling i think I mean, I think that's all in part due to Rachel Dawes being written to support his character, but I also think Aaron Eckert really did a great job with that. And I think the CGI in his face was amazing oh, how yeah. they did that. Yeah, I like how they um, didn't take like a cartoonish look to it. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And then um, Joker does it like Joker obviously breaks down the mind of Two Face, which gets him to where he is. He's kind of like Joker's protege, for lack of better wording. But um, it was great. I think Joker was a phenomenal villain to use in these movies, and I think Nolan did a great job with it, especially with this such a such a grounded take for the characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the. Oh, I got to say about this. I got, like I said, very little beef with this movie. I think they do a great job. Um, well, okay, one one thing. <laughs> as I, as I say, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, the bullet hole scene is gotta be the worst scene to use for Batman's detective skills. I think it's just so bad. I, it just Wait, doesn't sit. The scene is that the scene where he like takes the shot of a brick, yes, replicates yes. it, puts it in a machine gun. What's so bad yeah. about that? It's, I'm a little rusty on the details, but I just don't like it. I just think he's like, okay, get to match. And just like, he, that's that's the only thing he does, like in terms of his detective skills for that. He just does a little matchy match game. Well, no, just... he, he, he matches it to the caliber, and then they reconstruct the bullet, and they find the thumbprint of the guy, then they go to the address, and then etc. But so with the thumbprint of the bullet. The thumbprint should theoretically get wiped off, right? When it's shot through the gun and then put into the wall. I mean, he, I'm getting to the... Nitty-gritty? Yeah, I'm getting to the nitty-gritty with that. But that's super nitpicky of me. I just don't like it. From what I understand <laughs> is he gets the caliber of the bullet and he's able to re-piece together from the bullet hole um, the size, the caliber, and then when he puts it back together, the thumbprint shows up because he takes all the fragments of the bullet out of the wall okay um, I, I need to rewatch this movie just for that scene alone because that's the only beef i have and i just don't like it i I just don't like that scene i'm kind of drawing a blank on what the shooting has to do with it but i know it's to get a thumbprint that's what he, he yeah it was yeah for sure. it was definitely for that reason right. um this is probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time it's up there I with Spider-Man 2. I would actually not put it... I have something I want to say about the entire trilogy once we wrap this up, but okay. I think I think that's good on The Dark Knight. I think it's a good time to jump into The Dark Knight Rises. All right, Dark Knight Rises. You want to start this one or you want me to start it? You can start it. I feel like I'll be able to bounce off you a little bit better with what I want to say. Okay. Um, Tom Hardy is Bane. I love it. I've always seen Bane. I, I played the Arkham Asylum games. And I get this isn't a comic accurate version of Bane. And they might not have gotten a lot of flack if they used a different character. But I still feel that with what they did here is really good. The fact that he's not... He's still a tank. Like He's still, you know, Batman's like strongest physical opponent. But mm -hmm. he's... He's not that uh, Venom-jacked, 8, 16-foot-tall, steroid-using luchador from the yeah. the comics and the Asylum games. Um, I do really like Tom, Tom Hardy did a great job. This is the movie that actually got me onto watching Tom Hardy movies, just because okay. I'd seen him in Inception, and I'd seen him in this, and I didn't even know that was him until couple months after i watched it yeah um, he's unrecognizable in that mask 
Yeah, but his transformation into this, which also, I'm just going to go off on the side bit here. Christian Bale, his transformation for the Dark, I think it was Dark Knight or Batman Begins. I think it was Batman Begins. He did The Machinist right before this, and he was down to, um, was it 90 pounds? Yeah, that was when he was, like, extremely skinny, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a really good method actor. He takes things probably a little bit too seriously, but he went from 90 pounds in The Machinist to 220 pounds in not less than a year for Batman Begins. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's insanely impressive how much of a physique change he did. And I think Tom Hardy took a, took a little note from him for this scene or this movie because Tom Hardy is also jacked as hell in this movie. Yes. Um, and it, it's good because he's also, they don't just make him a physical opponent because that's typically like what Bane is. I don't read much of the comics, so I could be completely wrong here. I know Bane still has like plans. He's not just some meathead who runs in and starts punching on Batman. But typically Bane's seen as more of the physical uh, adversary compared to like the cranial adversary. And yeah. so I feel like in this one they did a good job of making him physically threatening by literally breaking Batman's back. And then also setting up this whole plan of we're going to take over Gotham in like a month, not even. And he does it completely. Um, I liked, yeah, I liked Bane as a villain and Hathaway's Catwoman. Really good side character. Down horrendous for Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Yes. Just wanted to impose on that and make that clear. I agree with that as well. Uh, (laughs) Um, what I had an issue with in this movie is when Bruce goes to the hole, when he gets his back broken and he gets subjected to this hole, he ends up healing physically uh, pretty soon into this uh, act of him not being in Gotham. But he has to heal mentally. like He has to believe he has to do it. And I feel with Batman Begins and Dark Knight, they've already touched and they've already done a good job of showing batman's struggles with you know being batman being a symbol um and not being just a hero who fights crime i feel like this bit is kind of slow just because it just touches on him being like you have to believe you can do it which just kind of runs itself into the ground after a little bit i do like i do like the race backstory in this because it's it's on a character that we've seen before in this trilogy who's already dead. Um, so if you just watch these three movies, you'll get more of the backstory. You'll know what happened to Raish, how he grew up, and what happened to him because you've seen him in the first one. Uh, and then the ending, it's predictable. It's very predictable. Yeah. But it's good. I like it just because it's... You know, it's Batman. You know Batman's not going to die. But... Spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler. But, like, I guess I shouldn't say Batman doesn't die. Batman does die, but Bruce Wayne doesn't, if that makes sense. So he kind of retires the character by flying a nuclear bomb over the ocean and blowing up with it, making everybody believe that Batman's dead. So he finally gets this whole thing where he's like, okay, I... 
I don't have to be Batman anymore. Nobody knows it's me. So I can continue living my life. And Batman is dead. I don't have to do this anymore. I'll leave it up to the next generation. Which is kind of the idea of these movies. Is to kind of set. This is what it touches on in the Dark Knight. It kind of touches on him retiring the mantle. Making Gotham good enough so that they can do it themselves. With an actual system. You know, justice, cops, actual judges, and prosecutors who aren't corrupt. And then this one's kind of like, alright, I've, I've done it. I've done this for, I guess, a year and a half, and that's enough for him. But, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, that's what I thought about that movie. That's fair. I mean, very well. Very very well put together. I would have to, I would have to agree with a lot of that. Um, I think this one, in my opinion, is the weakest out of the three. Oh, yeah. Um, just because after Heath Ledger passed... Um, I mean, as I, as we said, there was a four-year gap in between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises because Heath Ledger's Joker was actually supposed to come back for the third, but obviously he passed, so they had to rewrite a script really fast. So, um, But yeah, it, I mean, it's still good. I think it's fine. It's just the weakest out of the three. Um, what they did good, in my opinion, was how they turned Bruce Wayne into a recluse after... After Harvey died. By the way, Batman kills Harvey Dent. Like, Batman straight up killed Harvey Dent. He's saving a kid, though. He, <laughs> okay, he, but he, killed... he was about to kill a child, Ethan. Listen okay, no, 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 no. I, I, I agree. He was going to kill that kid. However, in saving the kid, he killed Harvey Dent. I don't make the rules. Okay, That's just. But would you rather cool. save Harvey Dent and kill a kid? I'd rather Think about save that. a kid. I'd rather save. Okay, I'm just being super nitpicky. With Ethan Tiong would rather kill kids than ah! kill a villain. I just want to get that out here. All right, all right. <laughs> Whatever, man. All I'm saying is, for a hero that's established to not kill people in this universe, he does a lot of killing. I'm just saying that. Hey, well, first of all, Gravity killed Rachel Ghoul, and Gravity killed Harvey Dent. Batman killed Rachel Ghoul by not saving him from that train that co- that crashed into. I think it was what a parking structure. Yeah, it exploded. It crashed into the ground. And then Bruce, and then Batman tackled Harvey Dent and the kid, and he just dropped Harvey Dent and saved the kid. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but if if you don't save this, we're talking about real life right now. If you don't save somebody, are you killing them? Yes, by by default, yes. Really. Yeah, I'd say so. So if you see across the street, a little toddler runs in front of a, in the street to get the ball, <laughs> and you see a car coming, and you, you don't shout at the kid, or you do, you do shout at the kid, you give him warnings, you're like, hey, there's a car coming, and that kid's still running. And the fact that you couldn't physically save that kid, did you kill that kid? Relative speaking, yes. Obviously, I'm being fucking facetious right here. This guy's but... got a heavy conscience. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious with this. But when you are directly involved, this that, that murder of Harvey Dent has three parties. The son of Commissioner Jim Gordon, Bruce Wayne's Batman, um, Harvey Dent, Two-Face. Yeah. Those three parties are all in relation to the murder of Harvey Dent. Obviously, the, uh, the two victims... Harvey Dent, son of Jim Gordon. Those are victims. Bruce Wayne is the killer. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. Dude, this is how it is. This is how the scene is set up for everybody who's not seen this. 
Harvey Dent is standing behind this like three foot kid and he's flipping a coin because that's his whole basis in these movie, this movie is to flip a coin and leave it to chance. One side gets burned in his accident and the other side is clean. So he flips the coin the first time for James Gore or Jim Gordon and he's like, oh, you get to live, but how about your kid? And he grabs the kid and he flips the coin once. It lands on heads, which means the kid's safe. And he's holding this kid right in front of him. I'm showing it on the webcam, but you can't really see it. He's holding this kid with the gun to his head. And he's like, alright, let's flip this coin again. 50-50 chance, I blow your kid's head out right here. And he flips it again. And while the coin is in the air, Batman tackles him. Sending him off the ledge and the kid off the ledge. Batman saves the kid, and as you can tell, he's struggling because he's already gotten shot once, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, that, that, Bruce was shot in this, so yeah. I guess I'll give him that. <laughs> so he's struggling. So he pulls the kid up, gives him to Jim Gordon, and then he falls as well. In my eyes, he did not kill Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent killed himself by being in this position. If you want to get nitpicky, sure, I guess... Batman killed him, but the trade-off is that if Batman doesn't kill him, the kid's dead, and Batman killed the kid then. If I was Batman, I'd rather be known for killing Harvey Dent than killing a kid. Because I'll I'll fight kids all day. I'll fight kindergartners. I'll fight fifth graders. But I won't kill a kid. That's that's a line a little too far. I see where you're coming from. I just... I just don't... I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't know, man. Anyways, anyways. I'm trying to, I'm trying to regularize Mr. Controversy over here. <laughs> trying to stabilize him a little bit, but... All I'm saying is Affleck's Batman gets way too much slack for killing, and there is a good reason why. He, there's a plot point for that, which will be discussed later. But nobody bats an eye when Bruce Wayne, or Christian Bale's Batman kills two of his main adversaries. The saying. Just saying. Okay, okay. We'll leave it at that until we talk about Affleck's Batman. Um, so, where was I with this before we spiraled? Uh, Your beef with this movie, I guess. Oh, well, for one, I, I actually, like I said, I think it's the weakest. I think Hardy's Bane is cool. Again, he's supposed to be like, this is like me being super nitpicky. He's supposed to be Latino. So, again, another character that gets whitewashed. And Talia al Ghul, by the way. Yeah. Uh, spoilers gets whitewashed again. Um, but two more characters that get whitewashed. Um, I think Hardy's Bane is again like a big impact on how Bane is portrayed now. Like you said, he's not just some big meathead that can physically beat Batman. He is psychologically capable of beating Batman. Um, there are, there were some interpretations prior to this, I can't exactly cite my sources, that just, um, displayed Batman as the, the big, or Batman, Bruce as the, Bruce, hello, Bane, (laughs) as the big, the big meathead, and some as the intelligent meathead, so, I think that was kind of cool. I think, um seeing this Batman on the run was pretty cool too, like the whole time. He doesn't have the trust of the police anymore, so he's back to the nitty-gritty. He doesn't have Wayne Manor, because... Did Wayne... Wayne Manor gets burned down in Batman Begins, but he comes at the end of... back, but, they, like, the Bane takes over Gotham, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, and 
he yeah, Bane like blows up a bunch of Wayne stuff so he can you know, have access to the Batman stuff yeah. because he figures it out. Um I thought that was Hello? Did we lose Ethan? Oh. Hold on. I lost you for the past couple seconds. Hello? I can oh, hear that you now. That's sweet. Um I was just saying I think it was cool to see that that interpretation of Bane. Um, yeah, like you said, the whole Bruce Wayne having to go through the whole like ring of, oh man, I don't know if I can be Batman anymore. That was that was boring. That kind of sucked. Yeah. Uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was great. I think it was different. It was cool. Um, I didn't really believe that she was Selena Kyle, but I think she did great. I don't know why, she just doesn't fit the bill for me sometimes. But I think she did great still. If that's contradictory, oh well. Um, what's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think... Okay, Christopher Nolan is a pussy for not just making Joseph Gordon-Levitt Robin. Like, his nickname is Robin? Really, dude? You couldn't just make him the Robin... You couldn't just make get a kid and name it like make him Robin. You had to be like, oh, this is Robin, like as a little Easter egg. I think that was that was a big pussy move on his part. I think that's like the implication is that he becomes Robin or he becomes Nightwing. He's supposed to be Batman. Like, yeah. he's supposed to be Batman. But I think I don't know. I like if you're gonna do Robin, just do Robin. Like make him a kid that gets adopted by Batman and make him a little tiny little kid wearing a little spandex or whatever not to sound weird but you know what i'm saying this guy wants to see kids in spandex all right bro i knew <laughs> that you're taking it out of context bro talk about mr controversy <laughs> if you're gonna do robin just do robin i think batman's better with robin um the fights in this movie are bad though yeah. I, I think batman is just outmatched the whole time i guess that's the point but like it's just, like, even when he's supposed to be back and in good shape, it's just bad. He does not look good fighting in this movie at all. Uh, the tunnel scene where he saves Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the end of the movie is bad. He looks really bad. Uh, the final fight scene with Bane was bad. I think when Batman gets his back broken, it looks so clunky. Like, he literally just gets, like, dropped and then just, like, bounces off his leg. I yeah. think that looked weird. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, it's the weakest one out of the three. Nothing really stands out for me outside of like the side characters. But even then, this Batman interpretation was just really weak. Yeah, I feel like I I like it. I still like it. I definitely think I agree with you on the weakest of the three. Um, and then I also feel like with the fighting, I agree with you. I feel like the hype in the moment. Like, when I was a kid, kind of just drove up, like, holy crap, Batman's back and he's fighting Bane, this is sick. And then if you're trying to actually focus on the combat scene, there's literally a scene in this movie where the final cut is, there's just a guy tripping and nobody's hitting him because the combat, like, the choreographer or whatever happened messed up. And the guy's supposed to get hit by somebody, but he doesn't. So you just see him in the background getting launched or like falling yeah. down on his ass. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like once you see that and once you notice it for the first time, if you start paying attention to the fights, 
they do look really clunky in this yes. movie in this movie i feel like for the other movies it can do um because in my eyes like this i do like this batman and i do like the combat scenes in the first and the second one but i feel like this one like ethan said is the most notable in the clunkiness of the combat and if you're really particular about that kind of stuff it's gonna ruin the first two because you will notice it when you go back and yep. watch them but yeah. i feel like for the first two if as long as you're not a big combat in movies type of person and i'm talking about like nitpicking like ethan does uh levels of combat then yeah you'll okay, notice I it nit- i nitpick because this is my favorite character to ever touch a movie and his fighting is a big part of what the character does like how how it's a mix of his physicality and his mentality when he is analyzing what he's going to do and i just think it's a it was a it was a missed opportunity for nolan to really establish a grounded like realistic take on how fighting would be for this character i mean i guess he does in a way but it's just not to the caliber that i expected yeah as a when i when i was eight i was like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever but now I haven't seen these movies in a bit, but I seen enough, seen it enough to know that I just not not a fan of that fighting style for him. But yeah, and I, that's my opinion on the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So, what would you? What are your overall thoughts on the trilogy? I guess the trilogy. I feel like the it trilogy. Yeah. Paved a good way, like the uh, Raimi Spider-Man films. Um. By getting like these comic book movies or these superhero movies into mainstream, I guess. Uh-huh. I feel like without this or even, you know, I feel like the the Raimi trilogy and the Nolan trilogy for Spider-Man and Batman respectively set up the MCU, the modern day MCU for what it is today. Uh, because I I feel like even with with one of these trilogies, I don't think the MCU, I don't think superhero movies would be so mainstream. But I think people started to see that, hey, this Spider-Man trilogy is pretty good. And hey, this Batman trilogy is pretty good. Let's focus on this more, you know? Right. And that's how it got here. Um, overall, I do really like it. I like Christian Bale as Batman. Um... But if you were to dive into the trilogy, Dark Knight is my favorite, Batman Begins, and then Dark Knight Rises. But yeah. overall, I do like the trilogy. It is, um, I don't know how to, inspirational, I guess, to the modern day MCU. And I feel like if you're any fan of comics or superheroes and you haven't seen these movies, you have to watch them. I'm, I'm telling you this now, you have to watch them. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like Batman. I don't care if you don't like Spider-Man. But if you watched any Marvel movie or even a trailer for a Marvel movie today, you have to watch these movies. These This trilogy, the Raimi trilogy and the Nolan trilogy, are just so necessary for this the whole MCU as it is today. I probably said that like five times in the past minute. <laughs> but, yeah. It's it's necessary to watch if you're even close to a fan of Marvel. Um, yeah. I would have to disagree. 
believe it or not. Oh my god. I Okay, I do think that these movies were a big turning point in the comic book movie genre. Like, without this movie, I don't think we wouldn't have the MCU or the DCU now. Um, however, in my eyes, I see the Nolan trilogy as more of a drama than a comic book movie. Like, obviously they're comic book movies, but they're under the guise of the Batman, and it's like a drama using Batman, pretty much, if that makes any sense. I can kind of um, see that. Yeah, like, not that I'm saying that they're not comic book movies, but in my opinion, it's, like like I said, a drama under the guise of Batman. Um, my problem overall with this these movies is that it taints the interpretation of Batman. As, as somebody that's loved the character for so long, I think it's altered the general audience's perception of what Batman is, and that's why a lot of people dislike Ben Affleck's Batman. And I think it's going to be tough for Pattinson to break that wall of what Batman is and, like, to change people's idea of what Batman should be and what how he can be. Yeah. I can see that. And, like, knowing Batman from watching a lot of the animated films, um, some of Batman, be not the animated series, and just knowing his character, you could kind of... If you want to give leniency to the Nolan trilogy, you can kind of write this off as this was Batman goody goody in his first year and a half and just yeah. throw away that ending at the end of Dark Knight Rises so that it's kind of like, well, you know, he was goody two shoes and doing all that. If this is what you're referencing, um, because I know a lot of people didn't like Ben Affleck for killing people and I know a lot of people including my dad, don't like how brutal the new Robert Pattinson Batman is, but, like, this is the character. This is what he does. Yeah. If this you're is, a drug this... dealer on my corner, Batman is breaking all your bones for that well... ounce. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, people forget that this this is a kid, this is a guy that watched his mom and dad literally get gunned down in front of him, and he has the guilt of not like being able to save them whether it's he caused them to leave the theater like we see in nolan's trilogy or if they were just walking out of the movie theater like we see in countless others like Zack snyder's batman and batman v superman um this this is a kid that's guilt feels guilty for killing his like he feels like he killed his parents so there's a lot of unchecked and untapped like emotion that he's doing and what does he do he dresses up like a bat and punches people that aren't mentally stable or are like stealing committing murder <laughs> stuff like that so yeah this kid this dude's gonna beat you to a pulp like we see in with Affleck's batman and like we see with pattinson's batman in the tra the one trailer we have so i i just i just think that's why i i think that's my biggest flaw with bale's batman also Side note, I think it's funny that Bale's Batman was like a year and a half, two years, whatever that time period is, and he just like throws in the towel after like a year. He's like, yeah, I, I just don't think this is for me. <laughs> but he comes back, obviously, in The Dark Knight Rises, but I just think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with your argument, though, is as I get it, is that like Batman should be dark and he should be gritty, but I don't think you can throw all of that misrepresentation on Nolan's Batman. I feel like oh, there's yeah. also I... Adam West to deal with, George Clooney, Kilmer. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I feel like it's just how Batman's been made in modern day movies. Or not modern day, in movies, in like mainstream movies or shows like the Adam West one. You can't, I understand it, it's definitely an issue. But I don't think it's an issue you can just put on the shoulders of Nolan's Batman. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't mean to sound like I am because I just think it's a problem because, like I said, Nolan's Batman was so pivotal in the time frame that it came out and what it means that it's now affecting general audiences' perception of Batman. Whether it's like what how because th- these movies came out in such a distinct time period of comic book movies that now people only see Batman like this. And, like, that's how people, that, like, a lot of people have Christian Bale as their first Batman, so that's how they think Batman should be. Whether it's, they they just didn't see the other interpretations or didn't watch any of the cartoons, that's just how their Batman should be perceived as. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that point. It's a a tough little battle that I have. Um, I mean, I loved Bale's Batman as a kid, um, but once I... I matured. I, I grew up. <laughs> I guess I could say I, I got better. I progressed in my Batman lore. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. that. That's that's me being facetious, by the way. Sarcasm doesn't translate very well. Um, but as I as I as I got older, my obviously your palate changes, and I don't know. It just it just depends on what what you like out of your characters. Yeah. Yeah, I. That's Mr. Controversy on the Nolan Batman trilogy. Of course. What what can I say? I gotta keep you entertained, man. I told you it was gonna be bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I agree with some of it. It's not as bad as I thought it'd be. Yeah. But I I I mean, I don't want to discredit these movies. Like 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 every comic book movie has been pivotal in making comic book characters mainstream. So. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the Nolan trilogy? Uh, no, outside of Affleck's Batman supremacy, but that's all I got. Okay. I like <laughs> Affleck's Batman. We'll talk about that more in our, uh, I guess our Justice League video. I think that'd be the best time to talk about it. Yeah. Do a mega a episode for that one. Dude. Stay tuned in November uh, for our first mega episode on Zack Snyder's Justice League. I will talk your ear off on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so that wraps up this episode's main topic i just wanted to give a shout out a quick what i've been watching i guess but this is just like a super short one squid game on netflix is amazing really it is is really good i've i have tiktok and i was looking through it and i saw all these like jokes referencing it and like these tiktoks about the show and i was like well i mean it's 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 gotta be alright, you know, if TikTok likes it, it can't be that good. I have a very negative opinion of TikTok. I like it. My girlfriend sends me TikToks all the time. Um, and I enjoy them. There's, I feel like anybody can have TikTok. I feel like it's not for everybody, but if you get on it, you'll definitely find what you like. But Squid Game, really good. I don't want to go much into it. It's just a, it's like a gritty, realist, not realistic, it's a gritty game show. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's really good. And I also watched Paranorman. And Paranorman was really good Oh, you good did as watch well. Paranorman. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. 
Um, I guess I'll do a quick, quick little what I what I plan on watching, what I've watched. Um, I watched Fear Street Part One actually this weekend, and nice. I watched Paranorman again. Um, and I watched. Uh, I'm also currently watching Titans season three on HBO Max. Um, okay. That is following the not necessarily Teen Titans, but they are the Teen Titans, just aged up, obviously more mature tone. You're interested? It's on HBO Max. Um, Paranorman talked about that last week, and then Fear Street. I will go into more detail about on with Friday's episode coming out. Cool. And I plan on watching Venom Let There Be Carnage. Oh, wait, no. I don't know if it's going to be Friday or Saturday. But I will have my thoughts out whether it's going to be upcoming episode or next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. I'll be watching that as well, by the way. Because if we have an episode on that and I haven't watched it and you spoil anything, we're done with the podcast. We're going to burn the podcast to the ground. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that was this episode. Thank you yeah. for listening to whoever listened. If you have any thoughts, if you agree with me, disagree with Ethan. It's really easy to, by the way. Or you disagree with me, which would be if- wrong. But let us know whether you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or however you want to get in touch with us. Yeah, I, I want to say, though, if you agree with me, I just want to give you a hug because my opinions are very, as you can tell, controversial. So, anyways, I digress. Let's let's close this out before I start another horse fire of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Me and Ethan have enjoyed your company, even though you actually haven't been here. And what do you mean? We're just two guys who enjoy talking to a computer screen course man cool we'll catch you guys most likely friday with our side episode for this week and then next week we're getting big into halloween so catch up on those halloween movies yes sir all right we'll catch you guys next week adios guys take it easy